Hello and welcome from Good Shepherd Church of Camarillo. We're so glad you're with us. Here's today's message. There was a lady in a church who was starting to get kind of frustrated because she was noticing a lot of repetition in the pastor's sermons. And it got to her enough where finally she approached the pastor and, and said, why do you do that? Why, why do you have so much repetition in your sermons? And he looked at her and said, people forget. That was it. People forget. That pastor is very right. People forget. Time passes along and, and memories so easily just fade into the background and we grow older and our memory maybe for, begins to, to fade and we start to forget passwords and we easily forget names of people and maybe you tend to forget where you parked your car. But most significantly, and I think this is probably our biggest temptation, is to forget what God has done, what miracles he's done in our lives or ways that he's shown himself faithful to us. And, and this isn't a new problem. Uh, remembering what God has done has always been a problem for God's people. And God knew this. God knew this was a problem for his people. And we're going to take a look today at a solution to that problem. A solution to the, to the problem of forgetting so easily the miracles that God has done in our lives. And so I invite you to turn, if you have a Bible along with you, to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua 4. And the reason I want us to focus today on Joshua chapter 4 is because God gives specific commands for ways that we can remember what he has done. And, and especially as we come off of this past year, as we come off of 2020 and enter into 2021, it can be so easily. And, I, and I've heard from so many people just this this sentiment like, oh, I'm just so glad that, that 2020 is over. I'm so glad that this year is, is over, that that year is over now, and, and we're now into another year. And there's many things that, of course, we want to forget about this past year, because it was a difficult year. We can all admit that. But there's also things that, that God wants us to remember. And in, in each of our individual lives, things that God has done that God does not want us to forget. And in the book of Joshua, as we get into chapter 4, just setting the stage a little bit here, this is just taking place just after the Israelites um, had you know, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God had done an incredible miracle leading them out of Egypt, uh, across the Red Sea, parted the waters of the Red Sea, did the impossible there, and, and then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And finally, uh, they were coming to uh, the promised land. God was leading them into the promised land. Remember, he had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey, a place where they would dwell and and and, and place where they could live and and this land, this beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. But he brought them to the Jordan River and 
at that moment where, where they came to the Jordan, God did another incredible miracle, just like he did with the Red Sea. He parted the waters of the Jordan River so that the people of Israel, the whole entire nation, probably upwards of two to three million people crossing over the Jordan River on dry ground to go into this land that God had promised them. And, and he knew how quickly they would forget the miracle that he had done. And so he gave special instructions to Joshua as the people crossed the Jordan River. He didn't want them to forget how he had led them through the impossible. And, and so he gave them tangible reminders, and that's what we're going to take a look at today. Um, so we're going to start reading Joshua chapter 4, starting at verse 1. It says, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words. We thank you for your word that is written down, that is inspired by the Holy Spirit and is useful in each one of our lives. You say that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and I pray that you would use your word to speak directly to each one of us today, and may your will be done in each one of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at Joshua 4 today, what I want us to see is the why and the what of remembering what God has done. First, why is it so important 
that we pause to remember what God has done. And then I want to take some time to look at what is it? What types of things does God want us to remember? For the Israelites, these memorial stones that God instructed Joshua to take out and the Israelites to take out of the Jordan River to set up this memorial was to tell a story, was to tell a story uh, for them, not, not long after they got across the Jordan River, but also for future generations to come. A story of what God has done, a story of God's faithfulness. And so what I want to look at first is, is why is it so important? Why should we take intentional time and why should we set up or think of tangible reminders for remembering God's work in us and, and through us? I want to quickly look at, at four reasons why it's so important. Uh, first of all, because that pastor that I talked about earlier was right, that we so easily forget. That's the first reason why we're called to remember what God's done, because we so easily forget. We rarely pause to take time to reflect. And I want you to think for a moment about the Israelites. Think about all that they had been through, all that God had taken them through, all the the incredible things that God had done uh, to lead them to where they are and, and to where they were going. Remember, they witnessed 10 plagues brought upon the nation of Egypt, brought upon Pharaoh, eventually forcing Pharaoh to let them leave the land of Egypt and to go out into the wilderness and to worship their God. as as they were called to do, as they requested, and God made that happen. And then they so quickly forget all that God had done in leading them out of Egypt when they came to the Red Sea, and they're thinking, what now? Especially when Pharaoh's army is chasing after them and and thinking that uh, they're going to just close in on them. Oh, they're stuck now. They're at the Red Sea. Where are they going to go? We got them now. And, And remember what God's people said in that moment, it says, they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done in bringing us out of Egypt? What would you have said? I probably would have said something very similar because we have this temptation to doubt God even though he's done something incredible before. We tend to doubt that he will do it or can do it again. And, and yet God showed them again. He miraculously parted the Red Sea so that the entire nation of Israel could go across on, on dry land. And then they witnessed, imagine this, they witnessed right after that, Pharaoh's entire army getting drowned in the Red Sea as the waters closed back in upon them. They, they were across safely on dry ground onto the other side of the Red Sea, but then to witness with their very eyes, see their enemy defeated. And yet they get out to the wilderness and they go three days without water. Now, I wouldn't want to go three days without water, And I think after that time, after three days without water, I'd start to grumble and complain again. I think many of us would. And that's exactly what they did. They they grumbled against Moses. And in just a few days, they had forgotten what God had done. And yet we continue to see this pattern of God 
doing a miracle and then the people forgetting. What did we see? We, we see that God made bitter water turn sweet. We saw God providing miraculously manna coming down from heaven, just the right amount of nutrients, the right amount of sustenance to keep them going from day to day. Every day it was there, just what they needed to eat. And then again, we see no water and we see God's miraculous provision. And then they get tired of the manna. And so God sends meat and then they forget Again, and, and yet we do the same thing that the Israelites did. We so quickly forget the miracles that God continues to do in us. We so quickly forget the strange ways that God provides, or we forget the, the supernatural strength that God gives us during a hardship, during a trial, because we so quickly move on. And then what happens is we come upon another struggle. We come upon another challenge or we come across another seemingly impossible situation and we throw up our hands and assume that God's not with us or God's not watching out for us until we stop, until we pause again and and remember and look back because we so easily forget and we so, so much need constant reminders that when we come across a challenge, when we come across an impossibility that God's been faithful in the past, he will do it again. The second reason is because we need tangible reminders. We first so quickly forget, but we need tangible reminders. In verse six, God tells Joshua that these stones would serve as a sign. It says, verse six, when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Now in the old Testament, God used signs or memorials as, as uh, representing three different things. It could either be an object. It could be an act that God did, or it could be an event. And this object or, or act or event was a sign of a certainty that, that something actually took place, that God actually did what he said he was going to do it can point back to the certainty of whatever that event that it, that it actually happened, that it took place, that it was a, a, a fact that it took place. For us, we have a lot of these things. I'm wearing one of them on my finger right now. I'm wearing a wedding ring. This wedding ring is a sign or a memorial that, Christy and I got married in 2011, that that event took place. A a wedding, an event itself is evidence that something actually took place, that indeed we did get married. Many of you can look back to the time of your baptism as a, a time and a specific place where that took place, where God was actively at work in your life. And, and maybe whether it was when you were a baby or an, an infant, you can 
point back to that event, you know that that actually took place, or, or maybe it was when you were older and uh, you had come to know Christ later in your life and, and you became you were baptized and, and you can look back on that moment, that step that you took to be baptized. So we need those tangible reminders and that's what God is instructing Joshua and the people of Israel to take these stones as tangible reminders to events that God did so that they could be remembered. And third reason why we need to remember, why we need these signs, these memorial stones, is because these signs are a testimony to the world. Look at what God says at the end of chapter 4. Fast forward, if you would, to the end of chapter 4. Verses 23 and 24. Listen to what it says. It says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which dried up for us until we passed over. And then we see the reason, the reason why we need these reminders. It says, So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. So what's the reason here? The reason we remember is because everything that God does for us and the testimony then that we give to the world is a testimony to those around us that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That's what it says, that the hand of the Lord is mighty. What we know about the surrounding nations as they heard about these things, as they heard about these miracles, they trembled. They had never known of a God that could do these miracles. It was a testimony to the world. What I want you to consider today is, is do your neighbors, do your coworkers, do your classmates, do they know anything about God's miraculous work in your life? God doesn't want us just to remember for our own sake, but so that his work done in his people would, would then catch the eyes of the world around us, the eyes of a watching world. The fourth reason why we remember is because these memorials and remembrances keep us going. We need tangible reminders of what God's done to, to keep us going, especially in difficult times. Remembering the miracles God has done for us helps us persevere in our faith. Look again at the end of verse 24, the very end of chapter 4. It says, That you may fear the Lord your God forever. So not only is it a testimony to a watching world, but then that we would fear the Lord our God forever. That we would continue on in our faith when we find ourselves in a season of doubt or maybe at the end of a discouraging year or right in the middle of a, a painful situation. One of the best things that we can do is, is pause pause and remember and remember that God gave me strength before and God is going to do it again. God 
provided when I was scraping the bottom of the barrel and, and he's going to provide again. We know why. We know why God wants us to remember, but what is it? What is it? What types of things does God want us to remember? I want to move on to the what. What does God want us to remember? There's three types of stones that I want to focus on here today. And, and I want to say that we all have, even just as you look back on, on this past year, we all have these three types of stones in our lives that I want to now focus in on. Now, Joshua, the Israelites, were, they were commanded to, to take 12 stones. But I want to focus in on, on three stones for us, three types of stones. And the first is God's hand. God's hand. What do I mean by God's hand? I mean the miracles, the things that are clearly the hand of God in our life. God showing his miraculous hand against all odds. There are times, these are times like this when maybe the, the cancer Cancer disappears and the doctors are, are dumbfounded. They don't know what to say. They don't have an answer. Or this might be when you have that breakthrough with a family member and, and you have no other explanation than that the Holy Spirit was actively at work. The Holy Spirit is softening their hearts and, and healing your relationship or working the incredible power of forgiveness. There's no other explanation other than that God was at work. The Israelites came to the Jordan and it wasn't just that they had to cross the Jordan River. Think of an entire nation crossing a river together. It wasn't just that they had to cross this river. I want, want us to recognize an important note, an important detail in this story. And I want you to look back with me at Joshua chapter 3, and it clues us into this, this detail here. Joshua three fifteen to 17, and it, it explains part of this story. It says, as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water, then note this detail. It's like a parenthesis. It says, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. Some very important note that it wasn't just that they had to cross the river, but they had to cross this river at flood stage. What seemed already impossible seemed even more impossible. We continue to read on verse 17. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Talk, talk about adding impossibility to an already impossible situation. Don't you wonder what the Israelites were thinking on their way as they were getting prepared to, to go across the Jordan? What kind of questions do you think they might have been asking? I, I, I think this was probably one of why. Why are we going across at this time of year? Why don't we wait a few months until the floodwaters recede? 
Or maybe some of them thinking, well, you know, God, uh, God parted the waters of the Red Sea, half jokingly saying, maybe, maybe he can do it again. And that's so much like us, isn't it? When we can point back to something that God in fact did, and then as we're faced with an impossible situation, we think back to that time, but then we, we half jokingly say, well, <laughs> I suppose God could do it again. What I want to ask you is, as you look back on this past year, what's a way that you've seen this first stone I'm talking about, the stone of God's hand in your life? What's something that happened that is clearly an answer to prayer? So obvious that only God could do it. That's the only explanation. And it's something that God did. Pause to remember. How have you seen God's hand? What's the other stone that, that we're looking at? The second one here is God's presence. So first, God's hand. Second, God's presence. When we think of God parting the waters of the, the Jordan River, we, we tend to think of God sending down his instructions from way, way high above, right? That, that God's speaking down to Joshua saying, Joshua, can you hear me down there? I, I want you to take those stones somewhere. Look around. I think you'll find some stones down there in the Jordan River. And I want you to take them out and to set up these memorials so that you're going to remember what I've done. We tend to think that God is, is, is way up there. But the reality is that he's right down with us at our level. I want you to notice something. Look very closely at Joshua chapter 4, verse 3. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. This is how he speaks to him. He says, take 12 stones from where? It says, from here, from here, out of the midst of the Jordan. God's not shouting down from heaven. God is right there among them. He's right there in the Jordan River. And what does this reveal to us? How do we apply that? We apply that knowing that God is in the thick of things with us. And that God is, is the one. God is holding back the waters. You ever imagined that picture of the waters being held back? The waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Red Sea being held back? It's him that's holding back the waters and he's, he's holding them back, protecting his people. He's right there in the thick of it with us. Maybe you're having a hard time looking back and seeing maybe a miracle that you can point to. Maybe you're having a hard time seeing God's hand at work. But what I want to ask is how is God right now holding back the waters in your life? How is he holding back, back the waters protecting you? That's his presence in your life, showing up, walking alongside of you, giving you strength for every day, 
the comfort of knowing that he is going before us. He's, he's going before us and he's behind us. He's, he's beside us, sustaining us, helping us, protecting us. So first, God's hand. Second, God's presence. And, and third, the third stone I want to focus on, the third type of stone is God's people. God's people. Who does the miracle? It's God. God is the one who does the miracle. And God's presence comforts us and sustains us, helps us along. But we also know that we're not alone in this journey. God uses his people also to do his work. And he doesn't want us to forget the people that he's using to carry out the miracles or to provide in a miraculous way or the people that he's placing in our path that he wants to use us, wants to use to, to encourage us or to hold us up, to prop us up when we feel helpless or discouraged. Look at the people that God uses verses 13, or sorry, 11 through 13. It says that as the priests passed over, as the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel, about 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle. What a picture of, of God's army, God's people at work. And then verse 14 says, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. What I want you to, to ponder right now is who is represented in the memorial stones from this past year in your life? Who has God used to provide for you? Who has he helped you? Who has helped you follow Jesus more closely? Who's lifted you up constantly in prayer? Who has sent you an encouraging word or maybe a word of appreciation that gave you just the boost that you needed for a certain day? What are the stones that God has, has given you? How have you seen his hand at work? What are the miracles? How have you felt or experienced his presence in a way maybe that you never have before? And who? Who has God used to encourage you, to, to spur you on? As we close today, I want to issue a challenge to you. As you're talking after the service today, or if you're watching online, you can comment, or you can call someone up later today. But uh, the, the challenge I want to give you is, as you're visiting, I challenge you to, to share with one other person today, or, or maybe this week, one type of stone one memorial, as you look back on this past year, a way that you've seen God's hand mighty at work in your life, a miracle that he's done, 
a way that he's shown himself faithful and present in your life? Or share about a person that has encouraged you and spurred you on, given you just what you need to press on in, in difficult times. What's God used? Who has God used? And maybe you need to talk to that person and express appreciation. Another challenge that I want to give you is to take one of those things, one of those stones, and find something tangible. Maybe that's putting a picture of someone up on your refrigerator. Maybe it's finding a stone in your front yard or something and writing with a permanent marker a one word that represents a miracle that was done this past year. Find something tangible and put in a prominent place somewhere in your house or, or maybe it's a Bible verse that you write out on a note card and tape onto your mirror that you're going to see every morning. A Bible verse that, that God used to, 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 to encourage you, gave, gave you the word, gave you the strength this past year that you needed from day to day. The last so I, I, I talked about the three stones. But the last thing that I want to focus on right now is that there's one sign, there's one miracle that we can point to, that we all have, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what this past year has looked like for you. And that's the sign right, right behind me. This memorial stone of, of the cross of Jesus Christ that represents the greatest miracle that ever took place. When Jesus came down, the Son of God came down from heaven to become a human being, born as a man, born as, as a baby, just like every one of us and who walked this earth and, and did something that we could not do, lived a sinless life, And in the grace of God, went to the cross, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. By the miracle power of God, he was raised from the dead to defeat sin and death and the power of the enemy once and for all. And that Savior is ever present with us. He continues to be our Emmanuel. He did not come as our Emmanuel just that one time. It wasn't that he was just here with us for 30 some years. He continues to be our Emmanuel. He continues to be God with us. And as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, we come and, and, and we receive we receive once again the promise of God, the promise of the gift of the person of Jesus Christ who's taken away all of our sins. And yes, it's, it's a reminder. It's a memorial stone, so to speak. But we also receive the promise of forgiveness of our sins because God's word declares it. Because Jesus himself said, 
This I give for the forgiveness of all your sins. It's in the power of his word, the power of what he's done on the cross for each one of us. As we prepare to to come and receive the Lord's Supper, let's pray and, and prepare our hearts. God, we think back on this past year of all that you've done for each one of us, ways that you've shown your hand at work, your your miracles, and the ways you've come alongside us, given us strength and endurance, just what we need. The people that you've placed in our lives to, to encourage us along. Most importantly, we look to the cross. We look to what Jesus has done for us and the forgiveness of sins that we have by faith in him, by trusting in him. God, as we prepare to come now, we just take a few moments. You command us to examine ourselves, allow you to examine our hearts. We take a moment of just silent prayer now before you. Allow you to search us and to know us. For us to, to, to pray to you that you cleanse us and forgive us of all our sins. And God, we thank you for the promise that you give us in Jesus Christ. And when the disciples came to him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. This is what he told us to pray, and we pray together the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.